0: Oh my,
1: I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me oh my, I have enjoyed that. Me oh my, I have enjoyed that, Me, oh my, have enjoyed that. yes boy. Me oh my, I have enjoyed that Teneko to and welcome back to another episode of In the Sheds on Code with Kingie Where for this show. I sit down with a member of the Highlanders and Otago rugby team in Siony Missiloi, where they lose forward. Tells me a little bit about growing up in Oamuru, his pursuit of academics rather than footy when he left school, and just how hard it is to share the training paddock with full time professionals. For all that and more, please keep listening. Enjoy. Kia ora, Sione, and thank you very much for coming on to Co with Kingi. Um, shout out to the brother Nick Higiri as well for tearing this one up. But yeah, man, um, I'm keen to get to know you a little bit more and, and about your footy journey. So yeah, kia ora. Cheers, brother. Thanks, Jordan, for having me. Yeah, so where did you grow up, bro? And like, how did you even start playing footy?
0: So I grew up uh, in Tonga, uh, born and raised there. And then made the move over here in 2006. So my mum got an opportunity to further her education in, um, in Dunedin. So we managed to move here in 2006. 0- and did my schooling here. But um yeah. Rugby was in uh that's funny in, in the islands when growing up yeah we sort of play um into the soccer more a bit more. Yeah
1: I've heard that eh?
0: Yeah so like um I started playing soccer um growing up in Tonga but like I played touch and stuff but I wasn't really um, into the rugby growing up. I was into soccer. I only started learn, learning the game when I came over here mm-hmm. into, uh, to New Zealand.
1: And how old were you have been at that time? I was 10. Yeah, so I moved over here when I was 10. True. And so you come over here as a 10-year-old, uh, you have yep. more of a, a background with soccer. So what was it like Did you just make, you know, with your new schoolmates um, there in Dunedin, was it they were all playing rugby or did like your old man, did, they, did, he, yeah. did your parents like even have a care for rugby? Um, nah, so my
0: dad was like a, he was a hideout rugby fan, like he, he loved All Blacks, but he didn't really, um, tell us about rugby or, or or that he was a rugby fan we were in Tonga. It was not until we moved here and then, um, he started talking about the All Blacks and then he made, made us watch, you know, some of the old All Blacks games when John Alomba and that was still playing. And then, yeah, he, he got us into, um one of the junior rugby clubs here and um that just all started from there he pushed us through rugby when we
1: when we moved here i mean how how did you find that transition because soccer and rugby are two completely different sports um but did you find the transition um easy i know just because i know that you know you, you poly boys tend to develop quicker than um, well, i'm Māori, but you know I, I developed probably the slowest out of anyone you, you'll probably ever meet and a lot of the park here boys so did you take to rugby like quite quickly once you picked up the nuances um yeah I think like back in the islands like most of
0: us we um, we love being outside and playing and kicking the ball around so um yeah that when i started just watching the my, like the kids when i started playing um, junior rugby club just picked on. I just look, watched them. I'm um, checking the ball. I didn't really know the rules. Just like I just, just, just catch the ball and just run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like my dad will just tell me, oh, the try line. You just run and if you catch the ball, you just run and don't get tackled and just put the ball down. That was all I got taught at the start.
1: <laughs> and so, how quickly did you, you know, you're a you're a Highlander now. So, how long did it actually take for you to to pick the game up and then actually have an understanding of I don't know if I step off my right foot and get through that guy like did, did you did it take very long for you to like get into it like were you like a gun by the end of your first season or did it take you a couple of years Oh
0: um yeah, it took a long time actually like playing like at a young age you just didn't really care or like you know you're just out there having fun running around, and then I think. When I started growing up and like went, in, went to high school and stuff, I sort of, um, I sort of like drifted away from the rugby scene when I went to high school.
1: True. So, and, and what was that for? Like, were you, are you quite an academic? Was there other interests, music, drama? I don't know. Yeah. Like, what was pulling you away from the footy field?
0: So, yeah, as I like, I, I um, cause my mum's,
1: she's, she's a teacher,
0: and the reason why we moved over here to like, further education mm-hmm. she wanted us to um focus on our school and and our studies in that and, and during high school and that so she pushed us to do education first before sport and obviously it was opposite there was I'll uh, do the sport and then <laughs> so um yeah i had to i had to listen to my mom and yeah so when i was in high school i didn't really um take rugby as number one i sort of just left it. I just focused on school first, and then, like, I'd chuck the ball around and play with the boys, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it. I, w- I didn't take it as serious mm-hmm. at the time.
1: All right, so but in obviously having done a bit of research about you, you go on and play for the Saint Kevin's first team. So yeah, when was that? When did that switch flip? Like when? When did it all change for you in terms of like, okay, I'm going to take rugby a little bit more seriously than I had been. I don't know during your early years of high school.
0: So. Yeah, when I started playing first fifteen, I think it was my my year twelve and thirteen. year, I was playing first fifteen, and um, I think the biggest thing was um, my dad he he sort of just gave me the talk, or it's either you push like you got to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. So he made me pick if it was rugby. If I wanted to have a, give a go at rugby. Maybe just focus on that, or if you want to focus on school and that, then just focus on school and then see what happens after. Yeah, but um, for me, when I was in high school, I didn't really um enjoyed playing rugby. Even when I was in first thirteen, I I played, but I wasn't. I didn't take it seriously. Like I didn't take it as a I'm gonna further in my game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was more after I came down back to Dunedin when I left high school.
1: And so like for someone who, you know, coming from a family where your mother's a teacher, um, and obviously they've come over to New Zealand to give you, um, and to give you and your siblings or yourself a a better opportunity at life than what you maybe are afforded in Tonga. I mean, what what did you, what, what did you focus on at school? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when I was at school, I just focused on, um, trying to have a good, trying to, um, have a good education and, um, pretty much make it to university because that was, um, what my mom had you know, that was her dream of getting us better education. So when I was at school, I just wanted to pass my exams and, and get U E university entrance to, to come to uni. And, um, when I did that, I was and that's what made me come down to Dunedin to come sure. down to uni. Yeah.
1: All right. So, yeah. For, sorry, this is this is quite refreshing, actually, like seeing as where you where you stand right now as a professional footy player and, you know, you're not actually that far. I mean, it's funny now when I think about it, you know, I'm actually closer to 30 than I am to 18. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm waffling a little bit here. But, you know, for, for a guy who's a professional footy player now, um, yeah. seeing that you didn't actually have that dream or that drive, even when you left high school, you know, that's yeah. that, that that's a quite a big rarity. So okay, so you leave high school, I mean you played first at Dean, so you played at a pretty good level, and you go to Dunedin. Um yeah. and again, like it sounds like you were more so focused on your studies. So Yeah. Where did the rugby fit in with your commitments to um your varsity work?
0: Yeah, it didn't really What well, when I so when I came down to Dunedin and went to varsity, my sort of mentality and that changed like just like that with rugby. So then it was funny so when I came down to varsity then I switched and wanted to go back and play rugby.
1: <laughs> was there a reason for that? Yeah. Was it the 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 mates, the drinking, I don't know, like
0: Yeah, I think I think the reason why I I think I was just enjoying it more down here in Dunedin just hanging out of mates and and chucking the ball around just as I was, you know, I was when I was growing up as a kid uh more than I was um to to study. But I like I, I wanted to study but I enjoyed more going out and playing in touch with the boys and having a laugh.
1: Right, okay, so yeah, so again weird. So that that again that the the flipping of the switch, you know, from <laughs> high school, you're looking to focus on your rugby, so you can yourself to the first team, but your heart's not really into it. You are still wanting to focus on your schoolwork. You get yep. your UE, you know, you sort of tick that box for mum, then you go down to Dunedin and then all of a sudden you're like I think I actually prefer being outside of the classroom than in it. So yeah. it's a, I don't know, so you're with the Harbour Hawks, I'm assuming, that you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're playing your club rugby for. And so did you jump straight into the prims? Did you play in the Colts and work your way up? How did it work for you? So I didn't know um, the club rugby down here. So
0: I managed to um, move to Harbour just with connection with my mates from when I used to play um, club rugby, uh, sorry, junior rugby with. Mm-hmm. And, um, so when I made the move there, it was, um, I met, like, one of the good mentors of mine, um, Hale, Halle Tipole, was um, coaching there and he ended up, he was playing for Harbour when he was in the Highlanders and that. That was his club, so, um ended up just staying with the boys and, um, nah, I love the club and, uh, Yeah, that's where it all started, pretty much.
1: True. And so from there, um, again, having done a bit of homework, you end up playing for, so you finish school in the 2014, right? Yeah. And then so you play one year of club rugby. And so are you playing premier level? Yeah. So you play one year of premier level rugby, and then you get picked to play in the North Otago Heartland team. So yeah. again, for a guy who said that you know, like, who hadn't really been focusing on rugby like at all during high school, and he hadn't even had any intentions to like focus on it when you got to uni, like, like where where does all this skill set and where does all this like I don't know brute power come from? or Where does all this like um, rugby IQ come from? Because it doesn't sound like you you're the one you're the type, or at least back in the day, that was going home and. <laughs> analyzing your game or like overthinking it too much or hitting the parks to do extras, like, yeah, yeah, without, without trying to blow too much smoke, like it sounds like you're a pretty naturally good to football. Was is there, is there anyone nah. to credit, you know, perhaps at the Harbour Walks?
0: You know, nah, like, I think, um, like I learned most of my like rugby, I used to watch a lot of YouTubes, That like, I watched all the big, like, the big names, like, I watched Adi Sabir, Jerome Kano jerry collins like all the guys like kieran read all their skills and um the way they play and i i just watched them and then and inspired me and i just you know watch the way they play and i just try and learn a little bit of what they do and then i go out on the field and just train what they do like little things what they do and um what definitely helped me was um when i first started like Holly, Holly was um, our coach at the time. He was uh, he gave me like feedback on on how to carry the ball properly, how to you know tackle and all that. So um, no, nah, I learned. I definitely learned a lot of stuff off different players in the in the team as well when I was playing. Because I was playing um, when I first started at Harbour, I was playing um, in the in the Colts in. After the Colts game, you go and watch the Prems. And as a Colt, like, that's the team you want to be in. So you just watch the players that are there. And at Prems, you watch how they play. And then you sort of just go home and um, note it down in your head. Or you just – you pretty much just watch them and you're like, oh, yeah. Practice that, train that hard during the summer and then have a crack the following year to make the Prems.
1: True. Bro, see, I do the exact same thing. I'll, I'll be on YouTube watching Aaron Smith for hours, and then I'll go to the training paddock, and I think I'm Aaron Smith, but for whatever reason, it does not carry over the game. I yes. just um, end up being a bit of a battler. But like you said, it's the, 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 the stark contrast between me and um, a professional rugby player like yourself, bro. But like I mentioned, you end up playing for North Otago um, in 2016 off the back of one year with the, the Prem Footy, and you guys go on and win the Lahore Cup. Yeah. Um, so... Again, like, what was it like for you, considering again your. I mean, you would have had a, a taste of like the men's rugby and the culture that comes with that, you know, being in the sheds after a win and having a beer and going back to the club rooms and whatever else. So, I mean, yeah, like, could you run us through that, that, that year with North Otago and I guess how epic that was to go on and win the cup?
0: Yeah, so the year I um, got picked for North Otago was probably yeah, the starting point, because um, we ended up having a tour to um, Canada before the Heartland competition, and that for me, like, what made me um, inspire more to further my rugby, like, rugby was because, like, seeing the side of um, travelling, just pretty much travelling, like, to different places, places that, like, I wouldn't think I'll end up being, and, like, Pretty lucky to go to you know, like places like Canada through rugby. So mm-hmm. um, when I made North it was like, it gave me like ambition to like keep pushing. And but yeah, North Targoe was um, I loved playing for them because that's where I was living when we moved from Dunedin. So um, we were in Danina for a bit and then moved to Omroo. So My family is based in Omuru at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's where I had my high school and my first thing rugby stuff. And then it was like a pretty much another dream come true for me coming to play for pretty much like the town I'd say I'd I'd call it home now, Mm Omuru.
1: Now, for those of us that, I mean, even me, even though I, I call myself a code head, I'm not actually all that familiar with the Heartland scene, so for those that again maybe similar to me that aren't invested in it, like how how much different is Heartland rugby say from you know in terms of a jump up from club rugby, and how different is it from playing for Otago? Like, is it is there a big jump from club rugby, and is there a big jump you know going to Otago from Heartland? Like in, in your opinion?
0: Yeah, Heartland is. Um... Like a slight jump, like, I think it's, yeah, it is a slight jump because it's, um, you're in the, it's sort of, you're in the big scene so like um the games are on TV and, and you're playing against um, top players in, in the small towns. So, um yeah, it's pretty, when I played in the Heartland Comp, I thought it was like a bit more physical than it was in club rugby. Like you had some big boys were tackling and running a lot harder than, a lot of the guys, like, in club rugby, is obviously there's, there's students, there's, like, there's a few students in the prems mixed with guys that they are like, been there for a while, but when you're playing in the Hartling comp, you're playing against, like, big boys. They will know, like, they've been playing rugby for a while and, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: So there's, there's obviously a step up because it's, it's almost like a representative team, right, because you're representing an area, but I guess it's just that one rung, underneath the provincial scene and so you spend a couple of years with North Otago and like I said you win the local cup which is you know a big deal but then you end up making your debut for Otago in 2018 yep. um so had all of that in terms of like your selection in the Otago team come off the back of your work with the um in the heartland scene or did you was it your your club rugby form that you had for the Harbour Hawks and take us through maybe your first year with Otago did you get much game time and do you remember much of your debut
0: yeah, so um, uh, my first year for a it was um a bit of a shock, yeah, because I played like well, like playing for um Harbour, like that's always been um a dream for me to um do well for the club and um I think their team was always um having like wanting to win the banner here down and. And Dunedin and I think yeah it's been at that time it was being like we've been in a couple of semi-finals and it was um yeah it was just I just wanted to work my ass off and play my best for harbour and managed to have a good year that year and um got picked for the target team in 2018. True.
1: And so and you, you picked in the team and like did it come as a bit of a shock or did you think you were one of the form Sort of loose forward locks, you know, like during that season in terms of the competition you're going up against, and what was that experience like? You know, being a part of a professional environment towards the back end of twenty eighteen. Um, nah it was actually a bit of a shock, really, because
0: um, yeah, there was a lot of boys that um had a good year that year, and and um, there was also a lot of players in the Otago team that were still there, so like I was still fairly new to the to the team and um, I still had to work my like work my way up to to be considered to be in the in the team. So nah, I was yeah, I was it was a shock really. <laughs> True. Alright,
1: so obviously all that hard work that you'd done during the off seasons and even during the year paid off with paying for Otago. Um so who did you make your debut against? Do you remember?
0: Yeah yeah my um my debut was against um against Wellington. Up
1: there. I came off the bench. That
0: and was ha- my first
1: that was my first game. Oh, yeah, how'd, game. That, how'd that get on? Did you guys manage to get a W or did um did the Mighty Lions tip you guys up? Um
0: yeah, I think the 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 Lions won that game. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, nah, it was a good game. I think um I just remember coming off like Preparing for their game, my first ever game as a professional rugby player, traveling up, flying up to, to Wellington. Yeah, I remember I couldn't really sleep that night. I was nervous as, <laughs> nervous as before the game. And then um, even just sitting on the bench, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I still have to um, tell myself that I'm actually here playing professional rugby and playing for Otago and then I think it was as soon as I got in the field I just you know, just wanted to have fun and and play the game and yeah, it just went from there.
1: That's always the best way to go about it, eh? And I've always wondered that with with boys who make their debuts off the bench because um, obviously it's it's a nerve-wracking experience you know, being put in a position to to make your debut but then having to like even wait, you know so you go through the whole team warm-up and then you're on the Mm -hmm. bench and you're sort of having the jitters and You know, there could be a potential injury that gets you on earlier than you think you would. Yeah. But then even you know, like you get to the last ten minutes and like, okay, go out there and you're like, okay, shit. And then I don't know, like, even though this this can't even compare. I remember like making my premier debut down here in Wellington or up here in Wellington. Sorry, because I know that you're down south. But you know, I almost found myself like wanting to go out and try and be Superman when. Yeah. You know, like in reality. Especially like with someone like you and playing in a team like Otago, you're only really there to do your job. You don't have to try and be um, the man, especially in your first game. So, okay, cool. It's cool to hear that you just went out there and you did your thing and you tried to take all the other stuff away from it and just focus on rugby for what it is, which is really just a game. But yeah, so you're with that, you made your debut, um, and you're with Otago for the 2019 season as well. So, like in that year, in the space of a year, um, having played a part in both those campaigns, I mean, like, how quickly did you take to just being comfortable like, in that environment in terms of, with, you know, like getting your routines right with your training and, you know, your sleep and whatever else that comes with the footy? And then even, like, on the paddock, like, did you find that, you know, it took you a while to maybe get used to that level? Or did you find that, you know, you know, without having to brag so much that, you know, you found it quite easy, you know, you know just with the game time?
0: No, nah, I think yeah, it, it did take take me a while to um, like in my first year, it's kind of like, for me when I was a kid, you know, you you get given an opportunity, you just, you just go out there and you want to have fun, you just play your game, and and learn. Like I think I took my first year, I, I was enjoying it, and but mostly I was learning on how to become a professional rugby player, and what the scene was like and then in my 2019 year that's the year, like um i knew what was expected because i learned it in my first year and then when you're uh in your second year you're, you're trying to you're doing your job and then you're sort of like oh then there's new players coming in and you're like oh you're doing your job but then you're like oh you want to also help the guys that are like first in, in, in the team because when I was first year in the team, there's a lot of guys that were there previously and, and, and helped me a lot to
1: um, go through my first year in rugby in that scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so the, the second year, like you mentioned, is obviously about not only, I mean, you've already got your feet wet having played that one year in 2018, but then for the 2019 season, it's almost like you got to take that next step because, you know, you're not a rookie anymore. And then also with the new boys that come in, you have to be some somewhat of a leader, even though you're only in your second year. But mm. um, you've obviously strung together quite a few decent performances in 2019 because you end up getting signed with the Highlanders in last year's competition. And yeah. like having looked through a couple of the stories, it, I mean, you'd only played about 20 games at the provincial level. So for as much of a shock as you would have got being picked for Otago, like you admitted, I yeah. mean... Like, what was it like and where were you when you found out that you'd been, you know, signed for the Highlanders as, like, a full-time professional?
0: Yeah. Like, for me, it was mind-blowing really loud. Then when I got the phone call um, uh, from um, Aaron Major at the time, um, yeah, I didn't – I, like, I wasn't um, expecting to be um, – being in the handlers, I just was just enjoying my time playing for Otago and learning as much as I can, and I'm um, trying to play the best footy as I can. And then when I got the phone call, it was just like I couldn't believe it, really. <laughs> but um, for me, it was um, also another opportunity just to be better at the game and,
1: and learn more. I guess. See, that's crazy. Like, if we take a step back, within the space of five years, you've gone from a guy who couldn't really have cared less whether or not he played rugby going to, going back down to Dunedin. And now you're a guy that's having to get up every morning and, like, all you're focusing on is pretty much your rugby, or, you know, at least, yeah. you know, when you're winning around the boys, which is, honestly, like, this is this, this the thing I love when I get to talk to guys like yourself. And you know, like when you guys tell me your story is that yeah, you know, like some some guys take the unconventional path or have had un- have had unconventional paths to where they are now. So I don't know, like for someone like myself who'd always dreamed of being an all black, you know, since I was a yeah. little one and I still even to this day like wish I could be an all black even though I know yeah. there's no chance that's ever gonna happen. Um, it's yeah, it's really cool to hear that guys like yourself were um and to a certain extent that's almost like how it should be really in terms of like You know, your parents have obviously, like, raised you the right way in terms of wanting to get your education. And then even though you've fallen back into maybe prioritizing rugby, you're not not taking it probably as seriously as a lot of guys do. And, yeah, you're obviously, like, it's obviously paying dividends because you just go out there and do your thing and don't tend to stress about it um, by the sounds of it. But you get picked for the Highlanders. Um, Again, it's a bit of a shock. Can you run us through maybe the hurt locker that you were put through with your first preseason? Because I know that having, you know, touched base with a few of the boys that have made that jump, they talk about the, you know, the, the pre Christmas sort of running blocks that they're doing. And then even after that, yeah. having to go back and make sure that they don't blow out too much over the New Year's break. So, I mean, what was your yeah. first preseason like with Highlanders? Oh, man. I, uh, that's probably like
0: the. An eye opener on, on on what it really meant to hurt <laughs> hurt to uh, to get um, to get fit if you want to enjoy your your time playing Super Rugby. Nah, for me it was that's probably the hardest training I've ever done because um, obviously in, in the Miter Ten level you do the testing and and you get the fitness and all that, but like in Super Rugby. It was like a it was like a big jump for me because I didn't really learn that side I guess because I'm so just used to being just you know just jump on the field and and um, having fun and obviously you have that match fitness but there's requirements and and um, certain testing and stuff that you needed, like a baseline that you need to be in to be mm-hmm. in that, to 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 be able to enjoy the the game I guess and the speed of the game in Super Rugby so um, yeah I think my first year first pre-season for the Highlanders was for me it was like the toughest I've ever come against uh, mentally like it was it was <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it was like I've never having to do the whole week like my first week train the whole week and I Honestly, I couldn't. Um, just going to sleep and coming out of bed—it's just it was painful. <laughs> painful. You had days. You, you had days. You're just telling yourself like, "Is this really what I want to?" <laughs> well like, "What what's happening?" I thought it was just chucking the ball around, having fun. And but this was, like another level. And um, but no, it was it was an eye opener for me because. It's good to know that um at that level, that's what you need to do, and
1: you need to go through all that pain and hurt to I guess enjoy that level. yeah it's funny, having yeah again talked to some of the boys and who have gone through that experience, a lot of them actually say that it's almost like that's where they earn their money in terms of because yeah. you know like it's it's no there's no hiding around the fact that when you get to that level, you know there's a there's a, there's yeah. quite a bit of money that comes with it, and you know playing yeah. rugby is the fun part. <laughs> But, yep. you know, the part where you actually earn your money is in the preseason or when you're having to yeah. do, like, you're running blocks after games if you played less than 20 minutes and yeah, all that sort of stuff. But, and again, like, you know, you haven't, well, you yet to make your debut for the Highlanders and fingers crossed that happens in 2021 with all the games that we have. But, yeah, again, having been around the environment for a year and then being back around the boys this year, what have been, like, what, what's been your biggest takeaway, like, as a rugby player, being around the likes of, and Aaron Smith and Ash Dixon, like, is it more so just the the professionalism that of which you have to operate, you know, because you're at that yeah. level, and if you have ambitions yeah. to kick on and play, like, yeah. is, there, is there anything else that you know that you could relay to the viewers that perhaps they don't see that comes with being a professional rugby player?
0: Yeah, I think um, the biggest learning I took um, after my first year, what the hard is, is yeah, um, being professional watching the likes of Aaron Smith like there's a reason why he's so good you know he keeps on top of his training he does the extras and um him being professional sort of game in the scene of how to become better and as, as a rugby as a rugby player mm-hmm. like the, that's the reason why Aaron Smith's so good at his game is because he's always on top of like he's he's doing extras he's um, studying the game, he wants to learn more each day, and um, like this year, um, learning from last year, you know, got to be on top of um, your study, like, um, learning new roles and all that, because it, it changes every day, and every week it changes. If you're coming up against a different team, you got to learn new moves and all that, and um, yeah, it's pretty much just going to work, and you gotta you do your job. You got to do it the way it's um, needed to be done.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Aaron Smith is is a wizard, and it's it it is. What's well, surprising for me, like when you know, obviously these guys are really talented footballers, but I think the thing that probably goes amiss for a lot of people is that they don't see the the stuff that they do during the early mornings and after games. And I remember reading about stuff like how. After every game, Aaron Smith makes sure he gets up at like something like before 6 o'clock and goes on the bike, you know, to flush all the lactic yeah. acid from the previous night. You know, just little stuff like that that, yeah. you know, like you said, you know, after a game, you guys get beaten up. And then to yeah. even this, you know, it's so much easier to just sleep in, yeah. and, you know, maybe not go out and do your active recovery. But, you know, for someone like him who's been around the game so long, um, yeah. you know, it's just all those little, those little things that, he does to you know make himself the player that he is bro but I think that um I think that pretty much like captures everything that I guess I wanted to get out of like your rugby career so far um and all of the learnings that you've taken from it bro but um i like to end each of my interviews on two different notes so I've got a funny note which which will round all of it out but I also like to try and get an understanding of you know different guys and their game day routines so could you run us through like what a what a typical you know Friday, Saturday, day looks like for you when you're prepping for a game at night?
0: Yeah, so for me, like uh, my prep on Friday, usually, like I'm a bit nervous before the game, so um, I like to keep busy. So I'll probably try and uh, connect with the boys and maybe have like a card game or play um, a bit of PlayStation just to keep my mind off the the game and, and not think about it too much. also have like a, a good dinner. I also have a... Uh, probably like a steak with some mashed potatoes or mashed kumara with um, nice. veggies, a lot of veggies, just to have a nice good meal before the game. You don't want to eat too much of the bad stuff. I also tend to have like a... a my, one of my pre... Match, um, snacks will be probably like a, a chocolate bar or like a Magnum ice cream. Mm. I like to have like a wee wee um, sugar on a Friday before, like if it's before a Saturday game. Nice, of like um, stuff Yeah, and on like Saturday, obviously, um, wake up, have breakfast. Usually have like four pieces of toast, of eggs, and um, avocado. Um, yeah, and then normally we have like a. We might have, like, a meeting or something before the game or units meeting when we go through all, uh, like, the forwards and backs and do a bit of stretching. I like to I like to watch um, – it's funny, I like to watch a bit of rugby highlights before a game, actually. <laughs>
1: True. Yeah. Sunnyville like, mash-ups or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so,
0: like, I like watching, yeah, like watching a bit of you know all the big boy like, like Sonny Bill, Ali Savier, you know watch all the highlights and just watch all these Super Rugby highlights just to give me a, a bit of pump or excitement on why I'm like why I'm here and playing mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, then when I head into the shed, uh, sheds to the team, I usually listen to um, Christian music, a bit of gospel music just to, so I can stay relaxed so I'm not too fizzed up before the before the game leading before the game so I play a bit of church music just to calm me down Then have the we usually have like a pre-match meal with the team
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we usually have like a lunch and then yeah that's
1: huge just in, rock and roll time yeah
0: get, and then get into the front like do a bit of stretching listen to my music then I might, uh, and then also I'll look through the plays and what I need to, like, I'll go over the plays again, on, especially in the lineouts and all the, um, all the calls and all that, just to refresh, just to keep it like in my mind, that's the job I need to be done. Not focus on any other stuff, just my job. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, once, when it's, once we all huddle up and ready to go, it's just, yeah, just go out there and have fun and do my best, do my role as the best as I can,
1: and just let everything else flow. That's the way it should work, bro. Do you have any like superstition or anything like that? Do you put the left sock on before the right sock? Do you have to say a prayer before the game? Like, do you is there like stuff that you have to do before the game? You know, otherwise it throws you off at all. Like, uh, like that? Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So usually I. Um, Usually I put my skins like my calf skins and socks on before and then yeah, I always have to have my calf skins there, eh? If I don't have my calf skins or something I'll yeah, my calf skins and my headgear. So I usually have to have those. True. So I you reckon
1: that. Yeah, I always have to have them eh. <laughs> Fair enough, bro. We all have our have our um had different little things before games. I um, I used to I used to be quite um quite picky with my boots and yeah. Or I, mean, yeah. I, I, I guess the one thing that I do do is that you know how like sometimes when you have like even like with shoes and I'm like it with my shoes as well. Yeah. You know when you're doing like the laces and sometimes they're like, a little bit flipped or like crossed or whatever. I've always got to have them like perfectly neat. I don't yeah, know what it yeah. is before games. It's just, it's just my thing. Like no one would even notice it. Like no one's gonna stare at my laces on my boots. But just for my yeah. I don't know why. I focus on it so much bro. But okay, cool. So that's um Sony on a game day. Uh, and yeah, bro, just around at the show I've got a quick segment called uh Ten in the Bin. So I've just got ten questions for you, bro. And yep. you just answer them um, as best you can. All awesome. Good? All right, uh what's your go to vessel at a pre-drinks on a night out? Go to vessel, spades. Great choice, especially for any of the Highlanders voice that. Hopefully we'll listen to this. Um, who's the biggest <laughs> coach's, who's the biggest coach's pit that you've been around? Coach's pit. Probably have to say, one of my, oh,
0: probably say Nick
1: Hegarty. <laughs> <laughs> Conan said the exact same thing, so then, you know there's obviously a bit of substance there. All right, what's your must do on a day off? Must do.
0: Um, there's heaps of things, but probably go out and play golf
1: yeah go for a hit true nice nice uh, what's your least favourite fitness block least fa- like like the fitness block I don't like yeah what, what's one that you hate like if you hear the coach say it, you're almost like oh no I'm injured oh <sighs> probably down and ups. yeah Fair? yeah I'm, I'm not a fan of those myself Uh, what's your favourite cheat meal my favourite cheat meal. Probably butter chicken. Ooh, that's a goodie. Um, most regretful baller purchase. So, what I mean by this, what have you gone out, splashed a whole lot of money on, and then mean like, oh my gosh, I should not have bought that or spent all that money on that.
0: Mm. I tend to buy a lot of shoes, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm quite into my shoes, so... Yeah, I, I buy a lot of shoes.
1: But, yeah? Um, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, bro. It's your money. You can do with it as you please. Um, who's your guilty music pleasure? Like, as in, like, my music, parent music? Nah, so, like, who's someone on your playlist that, yeah. like, if the boys found out they were on your playlist, they, they'd pay you out for it? Oh. <laughs>
0: Probably, like, Taylor Swift. <laughs>
1: It's not a bad one that she actually pops up um pretty often on here. Um yeah. what's your what's your go to dance move? Go to dance move.
0: Ah, there's a lot actually. Uh I'll probably go maybe the Duggy. <laughs> 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 Bro everyone,
1: like practically everyone says yeah. that. Like, I I yeah, love it.
0: But, like you can never not do that eh? On on the on the dance floor.
1: Oh bro, I try and do it. Like I am not sure if it looks like a Dougie, but
0: hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the same bro, I'm the same, but I don't know if it looks like a Dougie, but it just somehow it just goes with any song. It feels it feels <laughs> like a Dougie
1: bro, and that's all yeah. that matters. Alright, um, Who's the biggest grub you've played with and against? The biggest grub. Ooh,
0: biggest
1: grub. I would probably say Conan.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I'll, okay. I would say Conan. <laughs> the European boys do it a bit differently, eh? All right, um last question, bro, and you just gotta finish the sentence for me. Saturdays are for the boys. Well done, bro. Perfect answer. Like well there's there's no wrong answer because it's your own opinion, yeah. but yeah. um if I was gonna give that a score out of ten, yes, I'm giving that a ten, bro. <laughs> All right, man, that wraps up um, our interview. Again, bro, like I mentioned at the start, I'm really thankful for you taking some time out, especially on your Saturday when it's your own time, to have a quarter to with me and share a little bit about your rugby journey, bro. Um, and yeah, best of luck for the rest of pre-season. I know you guys got some games coming up um, yeah. against, you know, my, my home team, the Hurricanes, um, yeah. in <laughs> Queenstown, if I'm not mistaken, bro. So I'm hoping That's for nice. a win there, but, you know, like, yeah. hopefully you go out and give yourself a match performance and we see you... On TV starting for the Highlanders, um come round one. Cheers, but thank you for having me, man. Um yeah, it's been a
0: pleasure. And um nah it's, all, it's always good just to have a yarn and talk about the journey and hopefully inspire other you know, others
1: um, wanting to play rugby. That's the that's the biggest thing, eh? Bro just, ultimately that's it eh, like you know. I wish I could do that. But you know, like, no one cares about my voice, it's about players like yourself, and the fact that you're willing to jump on my show and give me an opportunity to share your story and then you know, on my voice in here and there. Um, I, I, again, it, it, it's awesome, bro. So, again, stay safe, brother. Um, and if I'm Thank ever down dear, in Dunedin brother. and Nick um no, links us together, I've got to buy you a space, okay? Hold me to it
0: for sure, for sure. All good, cheers, brother.